Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are we going to each eat a whole ass candy cane right now? Why is that so ridiculous? Welcome to Talking Tofu, a vegan food podcast. I'm Becky Streepy. I'm David Streepy. This week on the show, we watched Revenge of the Nerds 2 and ate a whole bunch of nerds candy. No. No, we will eat a whole bunch of nerds candy. Yeah, we will eat it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's before us. Movie in the past. Thank God. Candy. Wow. Spoiler. Candy in our future. Hooray. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's this is the last bullshit episode before we get back to the regular shit. <laughs> One, I enjoy these movie episodes and would like to periodically keep doing them. We did a lot though, I think over we, the last month. <laughs> we owe the listener a promise that it's yeah. going to be a long time before we do another one. Yeah, we it will be. We these promise. Are, these are bullshit fillers. Let's just call them what they are. They're fun. I enjoy watching the movies. The episodes are... No better or worse than the regular episode. <laughs> but it's not what the listener has signed up for. Y- yes. It's not what the listener has signed up and unsubscribed for. <laughs> hey, before we move on, I have two corrections that we received. Just two. Yeah. So we traveled for two weeks uh, over winter break. Uh, and so we recorded. And the corrections just rolled in. While they we did. The <laughs> they did. Well, we recorded in advance and a couple of corrections came in while we were on the road. Yeah. Correction number one, uh, in the When Harry Met Sally episode, Rob Reiner's mom is the one in the diner, <laughs> not Billy Crystal's. I received that correction from multiple listeners. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I can't, my whole life I have thought that it was Billy Crystal's mom, so I appreciate the correction. Was, like, that's not even something I would have looked up because I was so sure in my heart that it was true. But the reality is there was a Reiner in the diner. There, yeah, there was. Yeah. <laughs> correction number two. Uh, we actually asked for this correction. The town in New Jersey that's getting a Cineholic, the town's name is pronounced. Diane, thank you for this correction. Tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong still. Matuchin. That's Matuchin. Matuchin, New Jersey. Did we call it Matuchin? We did. We called it Matuchin. It's very cute. It's cute. Wrong. Ooh. <laughs> I got pinched in the Matuchin. <laughs> eyes off of my matuchin thank you all for those corrections and if we ever get anything else wrong very likely let us know we'll read your correction on the pod and attribute it to you and thank you because um we're not infallible i'm wrong a lot mm-hmm. i think about when we're not recording i think about how wrong i was when i was recording <laughs> i don't think though 
like I could go back and like run through the things I was wrong about. But just know, yeah. I know you like to point out that I'm wrong on the podcast. And yeah. and the listeners sometimes talk about how they disagree with me, which doesn't, let's be clear, doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It just means that they disagree with me, mm-hmm. right? About food flavors and tastes, right? Right? Mm-hmm. What is that yes. face? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't do... This is not a bit. Dave doesn't like lemon, everyone. He thinks I don't lemon like is lemon. trash. Lemon is gross. Okay. Lemon as a flavor is bad. If anyone would like anyway, to send him a correction anyway. about that. See, this is exactly, you're making my point for me, that you like to do this while we record. I just want to assure you <laughs> that the other 167 hours of the week, I'm doing it to myself about when we record it. I'm sorry. But I no, I'm just saying, I know I'm wrong. Yeah. I know I'm wrong a lot. I'm trying to be open in 2022. Good. Trying to be vulnerable. Me too. Trying to to wear my flaws, you know. Yeah, that's like, a good resolution. Like the clothes that they are. Yeah, although your clothes are flawless. Well, that sounded sarcastic. He really is the fashionable street bee. I don't look at me right now. Well, you just what am I wearing right now? Dave's wearing running clothes right now. No, break. Go go into more detail because these are pretty embarrassing running clothes. You're fair. You're wearing a red heathered. Mm-hmm. Long sleeved athletic shirt. Spandexy. Spandexy. It's yeah. cold out here, yeah. y'all, but you still don't want to sacrifice aerodynamics. That's right. I That's the good part of the outfit. Are you wearing leggings? Oh, yeah. 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 Athletic leggings. I'm wearing. With pockets. Yeah. And. And pink ankle athletic socks. That's right. Which I was admiring in the kitchen earlier. But these these are meant to have pants over them, I think. Oh, are they? They're I very didn't... slender. I feel like Flanders in that. Simpsons where he's skiing. <laughs> Dave had to stand up to stupid, show me the pants and he just almost fell. Where his stupid sexy Flanders because his butt's like so perfect in the spandex. I feel yeah. like that, but without the perfect butt. Like I feel like I'm wearing Don't underwear. sell yourself short. I'm wearing Dave. underwear on the outside. And I go running in this. I would like and- to counter that and say I have leggings just like those with, with pockets and they are meant to be worn as pants okay. on runs. Okay, but I don't think these are meant to be. They're exactly the same as mine. I don't. I don't think they're meant to be. Okay. Well, um, I think you're doing great. Okay. I appreciate that. But I also wear my big bright blue shoes. And uh, today I uh, just did up with a headband. So I'm like, I'm that asshole on a run. Like wearing the spandex head to toe and now I've got a headband on. And like when I'm warming up, I'm doing like the power walking, which is like a waddle, but not really a waddle. I will say, when I first started running a lot, uh-huh. I would side-eye people who would wear the headband. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I did morning runs during a winter, and yeah. I realized that headbands are genius. Yeah. Because, as I said to you earlier, your ears get cold, yeah. but if you wear a full hat, then it makes you too hot, because you need the venting heat off the top of your head when you're running. That's right. Yeah, that's practical. Yeah. I think running's not a fashion show. It's, well, when you... Let's rewind a, a few minutes to where you called me the fashionable street view, you which started are. all of this. Well, but, but I'm, you can't look at your workout attire and be like, Becky, I ran four hours ago. Yeah, but and I'm still wearing the outfit. This is what I wore today. This is going to be the story <laughs> of what I wore today. At the end of the day, this is, you, was my outfit. Yeah, but when you get dressed to like go somewhere, I'm like, going to Target after this, and I'm wearing this to Target. Oh, well, I'm not going to. Why would I change at this point? 
The sun is high in the sky. The day is almost over. The next clothes are going to be pajamas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm still in my pajamas. And if I needed Let's to get Let's talk about that, though. Yeah. You're wearing a full sweater that you wore to bed it's under not, the covers. It's not a... It's I a lo- rolled over mm-hmm. to give you a morning hug this mm-hmm. morning, which usually is... It's a pretty intimate experience. <laughs> and... The the amount of clothing that I found <laughs> was remarkable. <laughs> it's not a sweater. It's a long sleeve it t-shirt. A, it's a sweater. It's a long sleeve t-shirt that is cut like a sweatshirt, but it's Becky, t-shirt material. Yep. It's a thick long sleeve t-shirt. Okay. It's thick. Okay. It's, it's a sweater. It was cold. You were sweating. I was cold last night. And so I wore, I changed, I was wearing a tank top and I was very cold. And so I put on. A long sleeve T-shirt instead, and then I was warm and cozy and fell asleep. And you wore it in the bed with the covers. That's what the covers are for. <laughs> the covers were a supplement to the long sleeved. Dave, how are you doing? Uh, fine. <laughs> you don't want to talk about this anymore. No, continue to, to drag nerds? me for my pajamas. <laughs> I'm not dragging you for. It's not. Those aren't pajamas. It is pajamas. You wore a sweater to bed. I wore a t-shirt to bed. You wore a sweater to hang out in last night, and then you went to bed in it. No. Incorrect. I wore a tank top and a hoodie to hang out last night. Let's go to the camera. When I went to bed, I took off the tank top, went into the closet, got this shirt out, and put it on just for bed. (sighs) Toeheads, what do you wear to bed when it's cold? Share your most intimate moment with us. So this is... Um, I'm not apologizing for this movie, but I do want to be clear. Toeheads, I am so sorry. I, look, this this movie, I wanted to talk about Revenge of the Nerds 2 over Revenge of the Nerds 1 mm-hmm. because for a couple of reasons. The first one is, like, there's some problematic stuff in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Revenge of the Nerds 1 is very problematic. I don't think it aged well at all. I don't think that it's watchable now. Okay. I don't. I watched Revenge of the Nerds 1 a million times as a kid. I have very little memory of it now. All I really remember is that, okay, everybody who hasn't seen Revenge of the Nerds, jump ahead 30 seconds. I'm going to say a spoiler now. The Nerds win. Right. Okay. But other than that, I don't remember anything about Revenge of the Nerds one, but okay. uh, I would believe, based upon my viewing of this, that it's quite problematic. <laughs> I think, and again, not apologizing for it. I think what's more problematic about Revenge of the Nerds two is what's problematic about the eighties, and not acutely problematic, but more like it taps into all of these problematic pools that exist. The other thing is. And this will come up again. I'll make the same apology for an upcoming movie that when we do another run of bullshit episodes. But um, like this was a saturation memory, this movie. Like I watched it so many times and that's why it's it has become like a, a pillar of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Not because like I saw myself in it or because... You know, I was rooting for anybody or anything like that. It was just like HBO free preview weekend. They were playing Revenge of the Nerds 2. I'd heard as a kid, I'd heard good things about Revenge of the Nerds. So I was like, I'll record this one, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just on a VHS. And then I wore the shit out of the VHS, yeah. you know. So 
I'm just saying up front that I'm not you're not tarnishing a memory by not liking this movie and this movie is not really likable on the whole but there is some stuff to like within it I'm so glad you said that because I was so uncomfortable with this movie that about a third of the way in I almost suggested that we scrap this whole Mm. episode (laughs) and then I was like no, we can do this. We've got this. And yeah. plus, I really wanted to talk about these nerds. Can yeah. we eat some real quick before okay. we get into how problematic this movie is? Yeah. Although we are recording this in January, this is an episode that we had to push a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we initially planned to record it in December or record it to come out around Christmas. And that is why there are candy canes in the mix. But nerds makes candy canes. And I thought, why not start with these? Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe... Start off with how not all nerds are vegan. Oh, yeah. So not all nerds are vegan, everyone. A lot of them are, but some of them are colored using, I'm going to butcher this, cochineal, which is made from squished bugs. Uh, It's a red dye. So if you are getting any nerds that are red, make sure you check the ingredients. Um, Not all the red nerds, though, use that dye because there's some red nerds here, and I checked the ingredients, and they do not use cochineal. So, also, some of the Nerds, like, hybrid candies, like Nerds Rope and Nerds Clusters contain gelatin. They're like a gummy candy base, like, encrusted in Nerds. And so, you have to watch out for that. So, what we did... The jury is still out on the Weed Nerds Rope. Yeah. Also, there's a Weed Nerds Rope (laughs) that Dave and I are very intrigued by (laughs) because... Is it official, nerds? I can't imagine that Wonka's putting that out. (laughs) (laughs) But it exists, and everyone should Google it because it's very funny. Maybe private browsing. Um, So these are the nerds that we have, and then we'll kind of go through them. So I've got a pack of the Nerds Candy Cane because I shopped for this episode like in late November. So Nerds Candy Canes are like tart candy canes, and I was very intrigued by that, and they're vegan. So that was exciting. I also pulled out of our stash the guava and mango chili nerds from Halloween, even though we've already had them. This is a vegan nerds episode. Just because you're listening to this doesn't mean you listen to the Halloween episode. So it's almost a guarantee. Almost. I also, we have a pack of watermelon and cherry nerds. The cherry nerds are red, but they are flavored with red 40 lake, which is vegan. Mm-hmm. I did extensive Googling to be sure. And then we're going to finish off with... Big Chewy Nerds, which are like um, a non-traditional nerd. They're about the size of like, like what size do you think these are? These are like if you amputated a pinky finger at the first knuckle, Mm -hmm. but you had a normal sized hand. Yeah. Like if you had a small hand, that little nubbin would be too small. Mm -hmm. And if you had an oversized hand, that nubbin would be much too large. It would be like a baby carrot size, depending on how big the hand is. So, like, of an average-sized hand. Yeah. Pinky at the first knuckle. Yeah. So they're big, and they're crunchy on the outside and presumably chewy on the inside. That's what the cover tells you. The cover. The front of the package says it's got a crunchy shell and a soft and chewy inside. But no gelatin, so I'm excited about that, and we're going to eat it. But we're going to start with the candy canes because um, Christmas is over, everybody. But these candy canes have been in our pantry, 
and we're starting we, with them yeah we're gonna just you've been waiting months to eat these candy canes all right <laughs> let's eat them well no I, the thing about the candy canes is once you open them this is the thing about candy canes mm-hmm. once you open them you got to deal with them because they're out let's start i've been interested in those big chewy nerds this entire time okay new plan everyone we're gonna start with the big chewy nerds how many colors are in here there's pink yellow orange and purple Oh, I'm sorry. Strawberry, grape, lemon, and orange, says the back of the package. Okay. Lemon. A li- this is where the lemon nerd shows up. want to make sure we each get one of each. Okay. I'm eating the grape one. Okay, I'll start with grape, too. It's fun. I'm having fun. I'm having a little bit of fun. The I'm outside not- is like... It's like if you treated nerds like panko. And they were coating like a gummy candy. Yeah. But they crumble in a kind of unpleasant way when you bite into them. Yeah. And also, they're very sweet. Like, they're sweeter than nerds. Like, artificially sweet. I know they're, they're all artificially sweet, but what are you doing Overly next? sweet. I'll go red. This one's better. Mm-hmm. I agree. This one tastes like strawberry nerds. Mm-hmm. Strawberry nerds, which are not vegan, right? Uh, as far as I know, they're not, yeah. But the grape ones are. Okay. Um, all right, let's do... Orange. Okay. Tastes like a gumdrop. I think it tastes like orange sherbet, and I'm into it. I think the orange is my favorite so far. You say sherbet? Mm-hmm. I say sherbet. Mm. Pretty cool. I'll wait Pretty for cool the corrections difference. to roll in. No, it's sherbet. Mm. But a lot of people say sherbet. Okay, I'm having the lemon one. Lemon one's good. It's fun. I'm having fun. This is the best part of the podcast. This is going to be the best part of the episode. It's all downhill from here. I think the lemon's the best one. It's the only one that's got that nerd's tartness. I think strawberry's got it for me. Can I say one more thing about these? Yeah. I wouldn't get them again. You wouldn't? No. I'm going to eat more. I feel like, for me... Sugar candy has consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes me feel garbagey. Yeah, sure. Um, I would rather spend that coin on, like, a Sour Patch Kid. Yeah. Or, like, maybe, like, a dum-dum in a good flavor. Yeah. Like, a root beer dum-dum. Yep. That would be, if I'm going to have a sugar candy. Or, like, a better gummy, I guess. A different gummy, I would say. That's fair. Yeah. But that's, I think they're good, but they're, it's just, they're not my, not my fave. So, Revenge of the Nerds 2 came out in 1987. It's obviously a follow-up to Revenge of the Nerds 1, which came out in 1984, which was kind of a big hit. Wow, three years later? Mm-hmm. Although, in Revenge of the Nerds 2, they referred to the events of Revenge of the Nerds 1 as last year. Yeah. So... Maybe that's part of why I was like, really? Yeah. But I think... So, that's kind of... the Speaks to the point I was about to make was... Revenge of the Nerds 1 was kind of a sleeper hit, I think, that became kind of a big, a bigger deal than they expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And then Revenge of the Nerds 2 was a quote-unquote big-budget version of Revenge of the Nerds. Like, they changed location to... It's, the subtitle is Nerds in Paradise. And Paradise is Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Lauderdale, Florida. But they changed location to, like, a tropical beach location. There's the, the romp stakes are probably elevated. There's, there's probably a bigger budget there. And then Revenge of the Nerds 3 is a made-for-TV movie. 
There's a three. So if you can see this trajectory between like, this movie came out, it's popular. Oh God, they started pouring resources into it. Two came out. They were like, pull back, pull back. That doesn't improve it. <laughs> and then it got to three. There's a four as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, I think four stars Booger. I think Booger's like the Oh, the no, lead. thank you. Um, he's probably been pretty sanitized from 1987 to whenever Revenge of the Nerds 4 came out. But 12 years later. <laughs> right. But I thought it was neat to show like the trajectory of the Revenge of the Nerds franchise and how you can kind of track the importance placed upon it by whoever was greenlighting it or making it based on kind of budget and content and uh, outlet, you know? So the second one, which I taped off of the HBO free preview weekend, takes place. So the first one, Lewis Skolnick and Gilbert, I don't know Gilbert's last name, played by Anthony Edwards, Goose and ER. They're like the heads of the Lambda 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 fraternity. And they're kind of like an established fraternity at this point. And they're, they've been invited to a interfraternity conference that's in Fort Lauderdale. Gilbert broke his leg playing chess. So now Lewis has to go and be the only leader there. Yeah, that was a weird plot point to me. Like, did that guy just not have time? Yes. <laughs> I think that that's exactly what it is. Anthony Edwards' star was rising. And he was at 1987. Like, 1987 is post-Top Gun. So he could give you like a day. So, yeah. Like, is it post-Top Gun? I'm pretty sure it's post-Top Gun. But like, if you're Goose, you're not going back to Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. You know? He did that to be nice. Right. And he's he's not not in it, too. You know? Top Gun is 86. So, like, Gilbert's not not in it. He's got a kind of meaty part at the beginning, and then he comes in in the middle, too, and has a big scene. Yeah. But he's all on one. It's all in that one room. No. No? When they're on the island. He's on the... He oh, the, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, anyway... It starts off with all of the nerds packing their bags to go to Fort Lauderdale. This is where you get your intro to each of the archetypes of the nerds. <laughs> God. Lewis is the all-around like classic nerd. Pocket protector, goofy laugh, dark-rimmed glasses, computer science guy. Poindexter is a hypochondriac. He's filling his bag with medicine and an extra roll of toilet paper, which when he put that roll of toilet paper in his bag, I was like, that's a good call. Yeah. Like, I would do that. That's that, smart. That, that's, a, that's a me thing. So he's loading up his bag with, with medicine. Harold Wormser is kind of a master of disguise, kind of. I guess he just has a bunch of fake IDs. So he's stacking his wallet with all of these different IDs that identify him as like a law enforcement and like all this other thing. A senator. A senator later, yeah. I'm going to save that. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, they show that one at the beginning because I did notice that. Yeah. Anyway. L Lamar mm -hmm. is very fashion forward. He's, Pat, he's also gay. Yeah. You're, you inhaled to say something. I was going to say... But I was thinking maybe we should save it for later, but there's never really another point to bring it up. So I will just say, shockingly for an 80s movie, yeah, like they don't, it's just a fact about him. Right. Like it never really comes, it comes up again at one point, like later when a, yeah. a bully, like bullies him about it. Comes up twice. But Once in both he asks if somebody has a brother. 
Oh, that's right. And then another time when the bully is sizing them all up. Yes. His criticism of him is that he's a quote-unquote pansy. But in no, at no point do I feel like the movie is making fun of him for being queer. And also, he dresses very effeminately. Yeah. Um, which I was like, oh, maybe this movie's going to be okay. Right. And But I think that's like... It, it, he's, he dresses so well and so confidently and is so comfortable in, in the clothing and nobody ever says a thing about it. And it is neat that it, it just is. Yeah. You know, I was glad to see that. Yeah. It was a redeeming thing for this movie. I thought. And I think there are a lot of moments where it's the nerds with each other, just enjoying like who they are. And those moments really work and they're really sweet. And it's a shame that nothing else in the movie works around that. Those moments mostly work and are mostly sweet. Sometimes when Booger's involved, not so much. So Booger, I hadn't gotten to Booger yet. Sorry. I don't understand how Booger is a nerd. I... So Booger is loading his bag with condoms. Just so many condoms he can't condoms. zip it. Like... Hundreds of condoms. Some of them not in the wrapper. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I think like his whole thing is gross pervert. Yeah. Like so gross. Like lech. He's not subtle. Right. He's like an animal. Yeah. And is literally like an animal at some points in this movie. And it's something that it's obviously meant to be the the punchline, the don't be like this, the this is too far, but it's just constant with him. And it that and grossness are his defining, defining qualities. He's rarely making a decision or even a comment about anything that isn't derived from grossness or perversion. Mm-hmm. And there's no depth to him at all, whereas there's not a lot of depth to the other ones either, but they're at least kind. <laughs> I feel like, though, the rest of them like have this friendship and are like supportive of each other. Yeah. Booker's just kind of there being gross. Yeah. Which Curtis Armstrong is the name of the actor. This is Aki from one crazy summer who is the sweetest character in that movie. You remember him? Mm-hmm, I do. He was yeah. great. So it's just such a weird, like I get, I'm thinking about it more than probably anybody making this movie thought of it. <laughs> But it works against everything that movie's trying to do. I when I was looking it up just now to get the year, it's labeled as a sex comedy. And that he's was... there to make it a sex comedy. <laughs> Without him, there is no sex comedy. I'm like rewinding the movie right. in my head. <laughs> I don't know. That was a thing in the eighties, the sex comedy. Yeah. It's a whole like genre. But if if this kind of level of like near rapiness at all times is what's needed to push your movie into sex comedy categorization. Maybe rethink whether you need that sex comedy categorization. It could just be a comedy. Everyone. Exactly. It could be a comedy where they talk about sex sometimes. Yeah. And even have it. And, and it could like, it's just such a weird choice. Like it's like, it's trying to aggravate you. But maybe that's the difference between now and then as back then that was trying to make you laugh. Yeah. And now it's just trying to aggravate you. Mm -hmm. But Booger kind of ruins the movie for me. He is a He is one of the big things that 
made me not enjoy it as well. So there are a lot of things, though. We'll get into it. Lewis's dad picks them up to go to the airport. Did you recognize Lewis's dad? I did not. James Cromwell. Oh my gosh! From Babe and a million other things. Oh, is the dad? He's a nerd dressed They're, like an old version of Lewis. Same glasses. Yeah. Same outfit. Same yeah. pocket protector. So and sweet. That car ride to me was like the whole movie should have been that. Yeah, just because the it's camaraderie. just goofing with each other. Like Gilbert texts them a message and oh, yeah. in 1987 they have to set up this whole contraption to receive the text i wrote a note about that it's i called it pretexting texting and it's like a um it's like an accountant's an old old accountant's thing where like a ticker yeah a calculator where you would where it prints out all yeah. the things so it was printing out line by line what he was sending yeah and the dad was reading it no i guess lewis was reading it the dad was driving. no lewis was driving the dad oh. was reading it okay and then booger was working the antenna but so he's like hey judging by the time that you left and what you know, the traffic conditions are, I'm predicting that you're passing this sign. And they look up and they're passing that sign. He's like, watch out for that pothole. And they're all like brace for it and it doesn't happen. And then it does. And like the look of like, oh, on their faces is just so sweet and pure. It's like, just, just be that guys, just be that nerd. And everybody would love you. And if everybody didn't love you, it's their fault, which I think is the point that the movie was trying to make. <laughs> but then they start to reveal these like gross parts of their characters, which yeah. is like, well, maybe that's why people don't like you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the rapey guy you hang out with is why people don't, don't like you. Truly. There was yeah. a scene later where Booger and one of the other nerds, Poindexter, maybe mm. Booger and someone else are f- literally chasing these two women on the beach who are running from them screaming, yeah. not in a funny, like, ha ha, we're yeah. playing white. No, they were terrified of this. Yeah. Man, like, running after them, growling. Yeah. I thought that maybe this is another scene I was thinking of. There's one point where they're holding Booger back. Like, he's Animal from the Muppets. And he's, like, just, like, growling, like, trying to get free to get to the women. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not great. Not great. So they get to the airport. They get on the plane. Booger's been slapped like five times at this point. Like, they are relentless with the booger gags. They get on the plane. They fly to Fort Lauderdale. They get in a limo. There's a limo for them. And that's where you get your opening credit sequence, right? Where they are in Fort Lauderdale, windows down, babes and studs on the beach. They're sticking their heads out the window. Booger's cat calling again. Like... Can't let five minutes go by without Booger uh, ruining it. And that's where you find out that the music was made by Mark Mothersbaugh, written by Mark Mothersbaugh, and performed by Devo. Can you even? Yeah. It's also when you discover that this movie involves Courtney Thorne Smith. Oh, yeah. From Melrose Place, everyone. And uh, summer school. Yeah, yeah, also. So they get to the hotel in the limo. And they get to the desk, and that's when we meet Courtney Thorne Smith. And we also, this it kind of cuts between them at the desk, and then it cuts to the manager who of the hotel who's like in the lobby, but like further away. And he says to someone, "I don't want nerds in my hotel," <laughs> which is a bananas thing for a full adult to say. Well, and it turns out that he is a former alpha beta and father yeah. of the worst alpha, the most alpha alpha beta. 
Is he the father? It, he's the father of... Um, Roger? Yeah. No, he's not Roger's father. I think he is. He's not Roger's father. Let's see. Let's see if you're right about this. So they're checking in, and Courtney Thornsmith is having trouble with the computer, and Lewis is, says that he has some experience with computers, and he helps her find their reservation, and she finds it only to find that it has been canceled. And it turns out that the person Dave is researching the paternity of uh, canceled it because he didn't want nerds at his hotel. He didn't want nerds. They, the amount of hate for the nerds that, that the fraternities have and the amount of time that they spend thinking about these nerds. It is. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. And let the nerds enjoy themselves. There's plenty of room. There's hundreds of you and five of them. Yeah. And, and this hotel's really nice. It is a nice hotel. I didn't find if, whether he was his dad or not. Okay. Hold on. I'll get an IMDb. It's like an 80s art deco. So like a lot of uh, peach and aqua, but in like a kind of a, a tacky now, but um, stylish then way. Yeah. Lots of pictures of palm trees and flamingos and stuff. Yeah. And lots of bronze. And so while they're checking in, Courtney, Snor- Courtney Snorn Smith, Courtney <laughs> Thorn Smith is at the counter. She's the checking counter. And then Barry Sobel is on a ladder fixing some coconuts. And there's this couple standing right next to the ladder. And this couple just gets shit on through the entire movie. This poor couple. They have nothing, nothing wrong about them. They're just trying to have a nice right. beach vacation and they landed in the middle of a frat conference. Right. And are like nerd adjacent like for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they're around and they just happen to find themselves around the nerds and it usually works out bad for them. But what happens, Lewis told everybody else they could go to the beach and he'd check everybody in. He's got all this luggage he's struggling with and he bumps into the people who then bump into the ladder and so Barry Sobel, who is at the top of the ladder, he's an employee of the hotel, knocks the coconuts. One drops loose and knocks a jock in the head who is checking in. Yes. And that's the, how they befriend. So the jock threatens. Barry Sobel. Barry Stewart Sobel. is the character. Okay. Name. So the jock threatens Stuart. And Lewis kind of gets in between them and is like, sorry, sorry, this was my fault. It wasn't his fault. Admits it was his fault. And thus begins a very close friendship between Stuart and the nerds. All yeah. the nerds. Yeah. I and it's... I feel like Courtney Thorne Smith sees that too and is like, oh, this is a nice guy. Yeah. So they all become friends immediately based on this interaction. Well, and then uh, Lewis is clearly attracted to Courtney Thorne Smith. I mean, who wouldn't be? His name is Sonny. Sonny. But that attraction quickly gets put on the back burner as Courtney Thorne Smith, sorry, Sonny, goes to pull up the reservation and finds that they've all been canceled, as you were saying. And that's why she goes to check on it. And the guy's like, I don't want nerds staying in my hotel. Yeah, like, he I'm pretty sure there's nerds in your hotel, first of all. Yeah. Like, you don't, you're not giving a nerd test to everybody who's checking in. Yeah, it's just these guys. Right. So he, the room, though, that they were supposed to stay in is empty. And yeah. he's like, no, they can't have it. We need it for a reason. Fire laws. Fire laws. <laughs> and she pushes back and he's like, I could fire you. And she's like, that's true. Sorry, guys. There's no room. Right. 
So they find another hotel. Meanwhile, yes, Roger Lattimore, played by Bradley Whitford, who is not, that's not his father. It's not his father? I didn't, it's not even listed on IMDb. Really? I just get such a father-son vibe from them. But I got like a, a good old boys vibe oh, from maybe. them. Like, so here's the, like, he's posi- like the hotel manager is positioned as like, this is what you become after a fraternity. You can be in charge of like a fancy hotel. You can keep the nerds out of your hotel. But, right. But he's the acting manager of it. Yes. And so that combined with the fact that they're the alpha betas and that nowadays like there's such a like pejorative around betas. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny how that worked out, you know? Yeah. So Roger comes up and basically is like out and out about like, this guy doesn't want you to stay here because you're nerds. Sonny was too nice to say that to them. But Roger comes out and is like, so I guess you need to just leave, you know, like try like is a little bit more declarative and you're not welcome here. And then they find another hotel. Yes. And it seems really good. They find another hotel and the first of Many offensive characters, (laughs) (laughs) which is a real shame because I find her to be a delight. But Mm -hmm. isn't this a white woman portraying a Latina woman in a very over the top way? I got that vibe. I I didn't know for sure. So Priscilla Lopez from Made in Manhattan. Okay. Sheedy. You don't remember that movie? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Sleeping with the Fishes. So... Not what you're suggesting, but still, I think the character is an exaggeration. Yeah, I was. It was cringy. Yeah, which is a shame because she's very nice, and, and I she's feel like up her, for whatever. Yeah, she's just she's very easygoing, and also I feel like like she has one of the funniest lines in the movie. Yeah. Well, so they get to the hotel, and it's just a dump. <laughs> like they're rolling a body out on a on a cot, which got to pop out of you. When that happened. <laughs> oh, I cackled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pool is like the lobby's trash. The pool, you can't see through the water at all. It's all like brown and murky. There's something like eating something in the pool and making bubbles. There's people just passed out all over the place. And they get to the like, she's like, ah, the Olympic sized swimming pool. And then here's the sauna. And it's like this huge like metal can. And like that she opens up and smoke out. pours out of it. So like a whole bunch of stuff like that. There's a prostitute and a line like for the room, uh, but it's a screen door. So everybody's like looking through the screen door at what's going on while they wait their turn. Uh, and then they get to the room and Booger gets distracted by there's a man on the across the hall and they kind of share a connection. Oh, the second problematic. Yeah. Character. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, an older Asian man and is everything you would expect from that character in an 80s movie. Yeah. Just big cringe again. Um, so then they get in there into their room. And it's not a nice room, obviously. But there's also a tape outline of a body in the middle of the floor. And they're all just sitting there staring at it. And she's uh, unaware or just like tidying up the room or whatever and doesn't notice it. And then sees that they're all looking at it and looks down and there's a carpet rolled right next to it. And she just kicks the carpet over the tape and goes, magic carpet. (laughs) And uh, that's a line that I used to, I still sing to myself all the time. That's a line that I have thought of at least half a dozen times (laughs) since last night. It's, it's very funny. Because it's not even like, it's just a, 
it's just something she says while she's doing it. It's not the point of it. You no, know? it's a kind of a throwaway. Yeah, yeah. I which, wonder if it was scripted or if she maybe, improved yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So then they're in that room. I forget where it goes from there. Like, is the next problematic part right around the corner? Oh, yeah. So we cut to Booger with uh, the Mr. Miyagi type guy. Right. He's basically, I mean, he's clearly supposed to be like Mr. Miyagi. His name is Snotty. Sure is. And they have kind of a, like, he, he lives in filth. And Booger is attracted to this. So, like, there's a can of beer that Booger, like, wipes the top off of and stuff, like, all comes off of it. And then he takes a sip of it um, and then lets out, like, a really comically long burp. And then Snotty, without taking a sip, lets out a burp that's, like, twice as long. And Booger's like, master. And so there, that is... Kicks off some level of gross training. Yeah, which we don't see a lot never of. Never pays off. There is a payoff. He says you're ready at some yeah, point later. But That's he it. never does. He never saves the day with it. No. Or gets him out of a situation. It's like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure when he goes to the magic shop and he gets like the boomerang bow tie and he gets like all of the the stuff. He doesn't use like 90% of that stuff because mm-hmm. those were all deleted scenes mm. like from the end of the movie. So I wonder if there was a deleted part that Booger was supposed to use this mastery to to get that he doesn't get. Yeah. So then. Oh, so then after that, they go to the beach by their hotel and they're like trying to hang out. Right. And one of them, I, whenever you I got to pop on this section too. Yes. Whenever, Poindexter. It's Poindexter. Yeah. I, I was going to say, whenever I don't know which nerd it is, I think it's Poindexter. <laughs> Cause that's such a classic like nerd name. I think that yeah. is why. Anyway, he is using a metal detector on the beach, <laughs> which is such an eighties trope. And with, with the metal detector, he finds another metal detector. An old metal detector. And that's very funny <laughs> that to is me. Good. It is good. <laughs> so then Roger is like, these nerds won't get the won't get the message. Oh, this is them in the hot tub, right? In the hotel room? Scheming? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is this hotel room? The decor is wild. It's pink and blue and red with birds and like the cheesiest deco art I've ever it yeah. is a hideous hotel room. Yeah. It is just where did they Should shoot it? Should we try it? another nerd before we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try another nerd. Okay. Let's go watermelon and cherry. Yeah. Pull tab here. You remember how to do that? It's been a minute. I just... I, I don't want to ruin my nails. I'm just going to do this. It's not going great. It's not going great, everybody. Oh, I'm in. All right. So this is like the classic kind of nerd where it's like a box divided in two and you've got the little slidey top so you can do one flavor or the other flavor or both flavors. So I'm just going to dump some out right here and then I'm going to hand it to you. So when I was a kid, the cherry combo was orange and cherry. Mm, Better because I do not like watermelon. Um, I'm going to try watermelon first. Cherry was my absolute favorite. Cherry is a great flavor all around. Cherry's best candy flavor, period. Um, so I'm eating just the cherry because I really want to treat myself right now. I started with just the watermelon. It's fine. It doesn't taste like oh my God. very watermelony to me. Oh. So I like it. Now I'm going to go just cherry. The cherry takes me back. It's the exact same flavor. It's so good. It's so yeah, that good. cherry is good. Uh, Tart. 
I'm searching on flavor. We should end the podcast right now. (laughs) It'll never get better than this. Anyway, don't watch the movie. Bye. I I mean, the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He's kidding. Dimson kitty. All right. Now now I'm going to try the togetherness. This is what I expect from a nerd. Like watermelon. Go ahead. The sweet. They're sweet. But they're also like a little tart, not like a Sour Patch Kid level of tart, but there's like just that good amount of tartness. Oh, just balanced. I was about to say, I think the watermelon is a little bit lacking, but I think that it was meant to be paired with the cherry to provide a balanced experience. And then you said exactly that. So I'm going to try them both and see if I agree. I will say I agree. The watermelon was lacking, and I think that's what I liked about it because I don't like... I already said, but will again, artificial watermelon flavor, usually. So I'm going to say I feel like they cancel each other out. Really? Yeah. Let's do it again. I feel like I'm getting a real too neutral vibe. It's like, pick a side, guys. And I think they would say back to me, well, we've given you the option to pick a side. Mm -hmm. So it's really on you. Yeah. That said, I... Same as with the the big chewy nerds, I would rather spend my sugar coin on something else. Mm. But these were good and fun, and they are kind of what I remember them being from when I was a kid. I would spend my sugar coin on this and be happy with the fact that half of it was cherry, even if that was all I ate. Yeah. The cherry's that good. So yeah, they're in this like neon like bar, basically. It looks like a bar. But it's a hotel room. But it's yeah, a hotel room. It looks like a bar. And someone is in the background. Ogre. 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 In the background, you can see into the bathroom. And someone is peeing. You can see his pants are down halfway. So you can see butt crack. And he is just steadily peeing throughout their entire conversation. It is disgusting. And I know it's supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. But I don't find it funny. I just thought it was gross. Yeah. And could not wait for this scene to be over. <laughs> Ogre is from the first one. So the nerds are familiar with Ogre. That will become clear later. So he was an alpha beta in the first one. He's kind of the booger of the alpha betas. Yeah, I agree. And not that he is a rapey perv. Though, though I mean, I wouldn't put probably it past him. But, is, but. Uh, the one time that you're seeing, that he has seen... In flagrante delicto, it's consensual. I don't remember that. That's when the nerds discover him. They are they ruin his game with the young lady that he is with. Oh. I wonder if that's when I went to fill up my water. No, you were there. Oh. You were there. And she's like, ah, shoot. Because he gets up, he's like, nerds, which is his catchphrase. And then goes to chase them. And oh. she's like, ah, rats. Oh, yeah. So I guess Ogre's got game. <laughs> Ogre's got game or like, I don't know. I took that as just, that's how transactional, transactional, normal fraternities and sororities can be. Yeah. Maybe that's what you know? it's supposed to be portraying. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they don't, they don't really mind it very long. And like I said, this is another one where we've probably thought about it more than they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like guys and girls together. Yeah. You know? Anyway. So that's Ogre. Who's peeing. Go on. No, no, no. That's it. I'm whole, just making whole sure. Things- sidebar about who Ogre is. Oh yeah. Oh, and so they're in the hot tub. 
being like, how do we get rid of these nerds? Just spending all their spare time and energy on this it's nerds problem. A five-day conference, and they have spent all of the first day worried about nerds at this point. It is unreal. So they hatch a plan when one of them sees a flyer for sem- seminal alligator wrestling. That's right. And at this point, I have begun a cringe that will not end for about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. It is... It is so bad. Yeah. One of the alpha betas named Tiny talks about what the objective should be is that they he he states that every man is terrified that a woman is going to see him with his pants down and see his his penis size. Tiny. And then they're all like what? Okay, Tiny, and then they all start laughing about Tiny, and Tiny goes, well, it's a reverse nickname, like you call right-handed guys lefty, and uh, there's a good comedic beat where like, he makes that point, and then Bradley Whitford starts to say another point, and then he, Tiny goes, and bald guy's hairy, and like, he won't let it go. <laughs> it's pretty good. That is good. Poor Tiny. But that's kind of, that plays out in the next scene. Yes. That's their plan. It's, their plan is strange. to scare and right. embarrass them into right. leaving. Yeah. Um, so in the next scene... Oh, so the nerds receive an invitation to some exclusive thing. Right. It's kind of unclear, I think. They're walking through the woods. They arrive at this structure. It's This is such an elaborate scheme that they made this happen so fast. So hold on. Yes. They're in the, they're in the woods and then they hear a scream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They hear a scream. And that's when they they follow the screaming to this elaborate structure, which looks like a cage. It looks like a Mayan temple, I thought. Oh, no, there's a cage. There's a cage. There's There's a a woman in the cage. In a huge, like... Bamboo cage, almost. In like a huge headdress. Yeah. Well, she's not, is she? She is in an enormous headdress. Okay. In the cage. And then these men dressed in like loincloths like yeah. grab her and yeah. she's screaming help and the nerds are like scared but they're like we have to help her right she it has is been like, snatched and so they follow her and that's when they arrive at the elaborate structure and it is like gilligan's island level like cartoonishness like not even and I, i'm not ignoring or dismissing how problematic it is it's not believable. It would not be believable to the eye that this is an authentic way that anybody does anything. Like yeah. it's it's like day glow, like props and stuff. Yes, they buy into it. Yeah. I guess is my point. Like they shoot past all of that and just like believe what they're seeing. Yes. Go on. So then they arrive at this Mayan temple, where the Seminoles do their alligator wrestling. Yeah. Apparently, just. Wild. It's huge stone temple structure with lots of like stairways and, and crevices. It looks like part of a theme park. Right, right. There's alligators all around them mm-hmm. in in like pond and there's like a bridge over the, the pond or the pool. And they are all on the bridge. The, the nerds. Right. The nerds are all on the, the bridge. The alphabetas in costume come out. Yes, also dressed in like full Native American, yeah. like head, awful headdresses, and can't believe this did not come back to haunt Bradley Whitford. Yeah, this is the one person who still has a career. 
from this group at this point. It is just, it's a lot. It was yeah. really hard to watch. Ugh. So long story short, the nerds are frightened into taking off all of their clothes. Poindexter at some point realizes that they're being tricked. Then as he's making that realization, Wormser gets so scared that he just like knocks one of them over and starts to run. So they all run away. Mm -hmm. They run through the forest. They come up against a wall. The wall turns around and all five nerds in their underwear are now in this fancy restaurant. Presumably at the hotel. Is this all on the grounds of the hotel? It does seem like all of this is happening at the hotel. <laughs> and that should, that couldn't have been their first suspicion that they were like right next to the hotel. So weird. Oh, I did want to say before they run away, the woman is thrown over the mm-hmm. edge. And um, so like their reason for being there is no longer. Right. Right. They didn't leave this woman that they thought was oh, in danger yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, then they're in this fancy restaurant. One of the the background like chatter lines is, "Oh look, honey, nerds." <laughs> that one got me. <laughs> Which uh, they're all kind of awkwardly like covering their front parts and and like making their way through the crowd. That moment, look, honey, nerds, reminded me of when we were at Universal Studios <laughs> and the parade came. And the best thing to do, everyone, during a parade at a theme park is go ride the rides because everyone else is at the parade and the lines are shorter. I don't understand so that- why everybody goes to the parade it is if you go to the parades please tell us why because we want to understand so we we were trying to get over to some rides and as we were walking we heard someone a big it's like it was supposed to be like the macy's day thanksgiving macy's thanksgiving day parade thing and someone with a pure open heart turned to the person next to them as we were walking by and said, ooh, Macy's. Because there's a big <laughs> balloon that said Macy's on it coming through. And it's like, you're at Universal Studios. Ooh, Macy's. Right. Dave, Dave and I say ooh, Macy's, ooh, to, Macy's. Our, to each other a lot. Oh, look, honey, nerds. <laughs> so they're super humiliated. They go back to the hotel. They're like ready to leave. They're ready they? to leave. Lewis is not. Lewis is like, they're like, nobody wants us here. And Lewis is like, Adams College wants us here. We're their chosen delegates and we're going to do right by that. Even if nobody here wants us, we're representing the college, you know, which yeah. is a noble take, you know? Yeah. I'm finding Lewis pretty likable. Yeah. Him, Courtney Thornsmith, some Sonny, and Lamar Yeah, are the three. Oh, and also... They're who's, infallible. And who's the guy that fell off? Stuart. I, the, yeah. the, I find the four of them to be fine. Yeah. I would put in in descent, like to further go down, I think then it's Wormser, then it's Poindexter. And even those are like, they're like, they could reach out and touch the four um, infallible ones. And then Booger's like, a mile down. Yeah. Along with everyone else. Yeah. Well, that's all the nerds. Oh, yeah. You're just ranking the nerds. Yeah. I'm just ranking the nerds. Okay. Everybody else is terrible. Yeah. Monsters. Yeah. Lewis is like, I'm ashamed of y'all. They are ashamed of themselves. They come back and apologize. And then they show up the next day ready for the conference. Yes. They don't have a table. No. They're just sitting on the floor. They, they sit on the floor. And that's where... Roger, who is leading the conference, Bradley Whitford, declares that there's going to be a new requirement 
to stay in the fraternal council, and it's a physical requirement. And I took this to mean that you had to look a certain way, but Dave explained to me before... The movie explains it. Maybe it's not, though. I might be wrong. No, I think it is like athletic prowess. I don't know. We never really find out, do we? Well, what he says is that you have to meet a physical standard, and then Booger stands up, and this is probably Booger's shining moment. Yeah. Booger's like, who decides the standards? And it's also the most coherent thing he said in yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. This is where I was like, oh, he is a nerd. He is capable of like higher level thinking. Yeah. There's nothing like, uh, like smart in the rest of the movie. Like it's not even like he's like this animal, but is just like a math whiz or like a savant at one thing. Right. He's just right. awful. Yeah. He's just objectively 100% in this awful bucket, except for this one point where he catches in on that and wants clarity on the standards. And then Roger says, uh, well, your, your elected board, uh, which is all up on the stage with him, who are all just like ripped. They're, half of them are alpha betas. The other half are just, they're all the same mold. Yeah, they're all just jocks. So I think that's to your point is like they, there probably is like a BMI requirement. And uh, like it probably isn't like an obstacle course that you have to complete. Which I think <laughs> when I was a kid, that's what I thought it was. I think that if that had been it and that had been how the movie resolved itself would yeah. have been very funny. Yeah. But um, opportunities missed Revenge of the Nerds. These yeah. notes would have made this movie great. I got to say there is a Save by the Bell one, episode one, where um, they are in the ROTC and Zach joins the ROTC because he's in trouble and somehow joining the ROTC will make it better. And he's got to recruit all of these people. So he recruits his buds, obviously. And then he recruits like a whole bunch of nerds. And then... Nerds? Right. And then the ROTC head puts Zach in charge of the nerds for like, that's their team. And they got to do an obstacle course. And uh, so Zach's got to really like get it together and, and meet those nerds where they are physically rather than just look down his nose at them and learns learns a new definition of success at the end of it. Aww. But anyway, like, so they somebody did that plot line. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they are like, well, they're just, this is the next step in trying to kick out the Lambdas, which this whole conference seems centered at this point. Around this. Around excluding the, the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda house. Yes. So that this proposition becomes prop 15 yeah and i guess the conference portion is over now because it's done and the nerds decide well i think most of these things are like probably a two-hour conference and then like a 10-hour party right yeah so, so it's like a work conference that's what we're <laughs> so that's what's happened and um the nerds decide that they're going to launch a no on 15 campaign. They're going to fight fire with fire. Yes, fire with That's fire. That's what Lewis says. And then Just Booger's like, like, let's torch their hotel. <laughs> I'm like, I would like to see that kind. Of. <laughs> it takes a dark turn. Yeah. It's like Riverdale yeah. suddenly. So they launch this no on 15 thing, which culminates in a party to try to change hearts and minds. So they have a party at... The hotel. And how the, do they do, how they, do they draw people into the party by fixing... What's the name of the hotel? The Hotel Coral Essex. And they fix, um, air quotes, <laughs> the sign 
so that it blows out some of the letters uh-huh. and the sign just says hot say? oral sex. And as soon as they do that, <laughs> hordes of... No, no, no. A car crashes oh, immediately. A car crashes. <laughs> and then hordes of teens flood into the hotel and they just happen to all be the people from the conference right. and also Courtney Thorne Smith yeah. and Stuart yeah. are there. Sunny. Sunny. <laughs> Sorry. No, but it's like this hotel is This hotel is a not a distance away from where they everybody else is staying. They had to take a cab to get right. there. Right. But it's immediate. It's yeah. like they were drawn there. Right. Anyway, there was no marketing done other than fixing this sign to not even say anything about a party. I will say that I found this beat pretty funny. And yeah, and I think the timing of it makes it funnier. That it just happened instantly. That's pretty good. It's funny in the who gives a shitness of it. Like, yeah, like there's a party. Like, we don't need to spend time on how they get how they convince people to come to a party. You know? Yeah. It's like I feel like it's just cartoony and that's. Fine. I feel like that's what Revenge of the Nerds does well is the cartooniness. Yeah. Like Lewis's laugh is like that very yeah. cartoony laugh yep. and the pocket protectors being oversized with their names. Like yeah. I think that's all funny. Yeah. It's just then they throw in all this stuff that I'm like, why would you ruin it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I need to know how you feel about this next part then. Okay. What I happens don't... at the party? The song? Yes. I loved this song. <laughs> Do you want to... I know every word of this song by heart. <laughs> Before you sing the song I'm not going to sing the song. Should we try some more nerds? Yeah. I'm going to pull up a clip of the song now and we'll play a little bit of it. No on 15 brings up No on 15, Revenge of the Nerds 2. <laughs> it was already in my history. <laughs> <laughs> It was midway through the video. some nerds y'all all right so the next one we're gonna do we're gonna do these as a pair because i think that's how they're intended to be done okay this is the guava and mango chili nerds we first had these on halloween but we're getting them again we've obviously had them before but they're delicious so we're gonna eat them let's start with the guava okay don't you think um and while the song is fresh in our hearts like we should point out how they're dressed for the song like they're dressed to the nines. Yeah, they are. But they all have different outfits on, like different like types of rapper outfits. Lewis is in like some weird cow print, and he's mm-hmm. wearing a cowboy hat. No reason. These guava nerds are delightful. They are. I feel like these are more tart than regular nerds. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the flavor of them. These, I would, and... Many times since Halloween have spent my sugar coin on. Mm. I'm going to open the mango chili. Do you want to talk about these, Dave? The mango chili is the best candy I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And I have bought uh, what is now expired Halloween candy on the internet. 
because it's apparently only available at Halloween. So no, I have a big stockpile of it. Hopefully not just this Halloween, too. Yeah. Like, I hope it's available next year. So I'll use this as a platform. I use Twitter as well um, <laughs> to beg anybody who has a connection to Wonka like to find a line to buy this year round, even if it's not like a you know polished product box and, and anything like that. Like, I just buy a bag of it. It is. Dave has ordered it several times. It's so good. It's spicy. It's spicy candy. Yeah. It's got the mango flavor is great. It's tart like a nerd. And then it's spicy, like warming spicy at the end. Oh. Name another spicy fruit candy. I mean, yeah, I've They're had... all like cinnamon and stuff like that. I mean, I've had chili mango candy before. You can get that, get chili mango candies at like, there's an Asian market near the, um, or any Asian market really, but the one where I have bought a lot of chili mango candy in the past is the one that's near the DeKalb Farmer's Market. Mm. Um, I can get you some. Mostly they're like lollipops or sometimes gummies. I don't like lollipops. They're too much work. Yeah. Anyway, these are this candy is a delight. It's a true delight. It really is so good. Yeah. The guava is good. It's better than the other ones. I just feel it's like... just not as good as a mango chili. Like, and you can't have a conversation about one without the other. And mango chili is just so much better. Yeah, and that's the guava is very good. Yeah, it's just that the mango chili is incredible. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, if you want to hear us gush more about the mango chili nerds, listen to our Halloween episode. <laughs> I think they get it. I don't know. Do you get it? Spicy, get it. spicy candy. Okay, so the song works. The song works. Everyone's like, no on fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the song too is like, it's not even about no on 15 really. Like that's the refrain that they do, but it's really about like, I love my friends and I like myself and it's such a corny, like positive song. That was what I was like. I think Becky's really going to like this because it's right. a rap song about like, I love me <laughs> and, <laughs> I and I've got that. great friends, you know? Oh, yeah, it was about friendship. It was so good. And Stuart comes in and has, like, a huge job in this song. He does, like, half the song. Yeah. So it's Lamar rapping half of it and Stuart rapping half of it. And Stuart's doing it in a Beastie Boys style. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, 1986. Yeah, it's on point. It's on... Yeah. Of the time. That's what I was trying to say. It's just barely of the time, is my point. Like, it's licensed to ill. Beastie Boys. Yeah. It's not even, this is a world before the Beastie Boys have really like truly ascended. Yeah. You know, for him to come in and be doing that. But then the other thing is like, Stuart, you're not a nerd yet. You know, you're a friend of the nerds at best, just like Sonny, friend of nerds. Yeah. He wants to help out his buddies. Right. But to then perform half of the song with them. Also, when did they write that song? <laughs> I know. All of these elaborate schemes that just yeah. come together immediately. Yeah. Is, I don't want to spend too much time on that. I wouldn't. The writers certainly right. wouldn't. But the problem that I have with that is that Stuart would have been around for whatever that that concoction period was. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, he did get fired, didn't he? He did get fired uh, for sticking up for uh, Sonny when yeah. Sonny got in trouble. Yeah. So he did have time. So maybe that is what he was doing. So it worked. So it worked. Prop 15, voted no. Roger wants to usher in a new proposal for good behavior 
as a requirement instead of the physical requirement. And this is a co-sponsored with Lewis. Invites Lewis up on stage. They still have no table. Yeah, no table. They're on the floor still. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, invites him up. They hold their hands together in the air and the motion passes. So they're saying if you break the law or any of the fraternity bylaws, then your fraternity is banned forever. And um, this is such a transparent beginning of yet another elaborate scheme I that the nerds don't see it as... But the nerds are all weeping. Yeah. Like, They're like, we did it. We did it, yeah. Which is so sweet, too. Lamar's so proud of Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. It's sweet. They didn't, um, they didn't do it, everyone. And the way that Lewis has his hand up is such an unathletic way to do, like, that hand-holding thing. I thought, and I thought this when I was a kid, too. I was like, that's a really deliberate choice to do it in, like, a nerdy way. That's not like a like a tough like that arm wrestling meme of two hands like grasping each other. Oh yeah, it's like they're just holding hands. This is like up like that, and Roger's holding it like. So it's like it's like the awkward high five that they keep doing. They can't even nail like these more natural like physical moments. Yeah, which I thought like that's a neat nuance. So then there that happens roger's like hey we're gonna give you our hotel room so now they get the weird fancy hotel room roger's like i'm gonna let you borrow my car and here are some girls to hang out with and then they send them out to get beer and sunny is one of like the the hotel manager sends sunny along with them so it's two girls that we have not met and then sunny along with them to go hang out and party on the beach they go out and party on the beach on the beach and then the two Women that we don't know um, ask them to go get some beer. Yes. And they presumably send them to this far off liquor store because this place doesn't uh, check IDs really. That's We did that work. We did do that work. We were like, why are they going? One thing about Fort Lauderdale, you could find a liquor store. Yeah, it's not you, hard to get booze. <laughs> you do not need to borrow a car yeah. to get to a liquor store on Fort Lauderdale Beach. That is not yeah. how it works. But they drive really far apparently yeah and um this is when id guy has his moment Mm -hmm. where he shows his senator id to buy some as they call them suds i don't know that he shows the senator id for the suds he says i think he shows it in a minute because oh with the yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, i think it's a different one at the uh so they come out with all the beer yeah and the cops peel into the parking lot and it turns out that Roger has reported the car stolen. Right. And so they're all getting arrested for grand theft. While when when they leave, the two women turn to Sonny and they say, Don't worry, we'll be done soon enough. So they knew what was going on. Sonny's like, What? Yeah, Sonny doesn't know what's going on. And so she's pissed. They're all in jail. Uh that's where the one of the guards refers to Worms or a senator. <laughs> <laughs> They show the ID, and he's got a senator's ID. To which point we were like, senator's not going to jail. Yeah. If anything, if, if, any, if the past year has taught us anything, it's yeah. that senators are not going to jail. No. So they're in jail. Lewis is finally, his spirit is finally broken because he thinks Sonny has sold him out. He's like, it's hopeless. Some bigger guy comes and tries to pick on him in the jail, and he like shouts him down because he's just like giving up. Yeah. You know? Lewis has had it. Yeah. They get bailed out. 
they come out. Stuart's there. They're like, thanks, Stuart, and, uh, for bailing us out. And Stuart's like, I didn't do it. She did it. And Sonny comes in. And Lewis is like, screw you. Right? Yeah. He Which is like, she bailed you out. Yeah, but I get it. I mean. He feels like she turned on him. He does. I can understand having hurt feelings and, like, not being ready immediately. Like, yeah. But, I mean, maybe you talk about it. <laughs> This person came and got you out of the terrible situation that you were just in. But in his eyes, it's a terrible situation that she purposefully put him right. in. Right. And if you're a nerd, you have the logic to follow that, like, people don't just do that. Yeah. People don't go to the trouble to put you into jail just to bail you immediately out of jail. Yeah, but without that, we wouldn't get that amazing dream sequence. Right. That's right. So then they're coming out of the jail. This part I don't really understand. They come out. The alpha betas are there dressed in all black, hiding in the bushes next to the jail to kidnap the nerds, put them on a boat, take them out to an island, like offshore of an island, and then dump them in the water of the island. Did they know that Sonny was going to come bail them out? Were they just waiting out there for their inevitable bailout to kidnap them? I will be honest. At this point in the movie... I was disassociating quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was really hard to watch, everybody. I tried so hard for you, but there are moments where I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what happened? Whatever happens, the alphabetas are there to kidnap the nerds. And put them on a deserted island along with Ogre because they're afraid Ogre's going to accidentally spill the beans because Ogre uh, is not smart. Well, Sunny voluntarily goes. Sonny's like, you can't do this to them. Roger's like, well, at least we spared you. And that's when Sonny jumps off and joins them. And then Ogre's like, I can't wait to tell everybody what we did. And they're like, throw him over too. And Ogre can't swim. So he's drowning. And Wormser, who has just gotten to shore, turns back around and saves him. Um, and Ogre's really thankful up until they get to shore, at which point Ogre shoves him and is like, get off of me, nerd, and goes and off by himself. So is this when they go exploring in the forest and they make an exciting discovery? Yes. So they go exploring in the forest and they discover a ton of weed just growing in the forest. Right, right. Which uh, then they harvest. He calls it bush. He does? We've got bush, he says. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And they harvest it and then they go back to the campfire and they immediately smoke it from pipes they've made out of bamboo. How? I, I think mean, they're not huge how- joints. They're I think there's like banana leaf roll oh. joints. How are they smoking this weed yeah. that they just picked? Anyway, yeah. I'm thinking too much. Same about way it. that they planned a party. Yeah. And wrote a song. It made me mad. It made me so mad I wrote a note about it. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So they're all getting very high. Eventually, they invite Ogre over to the campfire. Ogre kind of warms up to them as they all get high. Um,. They fall asleep. Lewis has a dream where Gilbert comes and visits him. Gilbert sets him straight about Sonny and about how Lewis needs to have not given up, have a little bit more faith in them, all, how great all of the friends are and what a great friendship is, but they need somebody to make them feel good about themselves, which I thought was a good way to put it because they don't have the confidence to feel good about themselves. And that's what Lewis always had. Yeah. Was he was proud of who he was, you know, and once he lost that, like they didn't really have anything, you know, so I thought that was that was a good point. Uh, and then he's like, Sonny wouldn't be here right now if she didn't care about you. 
She didn't betray you. Like she's deserted on a freaking island. Um, so then he wakes everybody up. Dream's over. Gilbert's gone. He wakes everybody up. He's like, we got to get back. Um, the whole reason that they're on the island. Did you say this? Is so that they can have the vote to kick them out of the fraternity. Oh, that's they're right. They're out of the way so that they can have the vote. So the vote, when they... How do they get off the island? Oh, do they build... Oh, we don't know. Right, they right. have a plan. They're going to come pick them back up after the vote. So they have a... They're like... You can see them get motivated and then it cuts to the fraternity meeting. Mm. No, I'm wrong. What happens is now all of a sudden, Stuart and Sonny can bring a little bit of nerdiness to the situation. Oh, right. Because they triangulate what their position is with the other nerds. And then Sonny, once they find out what island they're deserted on, Sonny uses her historical knowledge to show that this was like a disgraced general who stole a bunch of military supplies from Cuba or Bay of Pigs and hid them all on the island, presumably. So now... They go searching through the island. They build, uh, Stuart helps them build a metal detector out of coconuts. And then Poindexter has a coconut uh, headset. Very Gilligan, again. Yeah. They go looking around on the island and they find this cache of military supplies. And then they find something that's really big and you don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Then. It cuts to the meeting and it's uh, Roger, who's the alpha alpha. Yeah. He's like, so we're here to vote on whether the nerds get to stay or go. How insulting that they can't even be here. And it cuts to a shot of the crowd and you see an empty table. Right. The nerds have a table now. Right. Now they have a table. Like they put the table out just for it to be empty. Yeah. uh, Just to make this point. Yeah. Um, And everybody's kind of snickering at it. Yes. As this is going on. It struck me that this rule would completely decimate the world of frats, or at least if it had happened in the 90s, it would have decimated the frats at the University of Florida. There would have been none. (laughs) Right. Yeah, but it's a rules for thee and not for me thing. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the other thing I noticed in this scene, I can't stand Roger, obviously, but his outfit, he's wearing, um, I guess he's in front of a podium, so I'm only commenting on waist up but he was wearing uh, a short-sleeved white polo with like wide horizontal pastel pink stripes and he had paired it with a red sweater and i have a soft spot in my heart for anyone who is able to pair pink and red i love pink and red together everybody i think it's a great combo that that we don't see very often because people say they clash but they don't Speaking of pink, I'm opening the pink and green Nerds candy cane. Pink and green is watermelon and cherry. I'm going to say this is like a fruity candy cane. I can't get there, yeah. It's not sour. Like there's no. I was pretty excited for the idea of this. They call it tangy. And it's not tangy. And tanginess is the whole thing with Nerds. Is Mm. that like little bit of tartness. Like it's. Not like an intense. <laughs> it's not like an intense tartness, but it's um, it's like a really pleasing tartness that's just not there. Mm-hmm. I agree. This kind of like, it's kind of candyish, like yeah, I don't like generic candyish. Yeah, I don't like it, and it's watermelony, which I don't like. All right, so so they bust in during the vote. Well, right? hold on, hold oh, on. Okay. There we see our our sad couple. I'm going purple first. Oh, you're we continuing our, on. Okay, we see. We're at the end. Oh, good. I mean, okay. 
<laughs> Sorry. We see our sad couple who's been continually inconvenienced by the nerds uh, relaxing on the beach. And then uh, from the water comes a huge tank that uh, almost runs them over and they get out of the way and the tank rolls over their uh, their beach chairs. If you could see my face right yeah, now, I'm like frowning. It. This is grape and strawberry and it is so bad. It's really bad. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree. But there's something in there that I do like. There's like a cotton candy vibe that I'm getting. But I like cotton candy and I don't like this. It's a sweet tart vibe that I'm getting. Oh, I don't care for sweet tarts. That's not my, mm. my candy of choice. Maybe that's it. No, thank you. Yep. Pass. All right. Uh, let's... Yeah, it's the sweet tart taffy. It tastes like sweet tart taffy. Mm. Let's go through the rest of the meeting and then we'll eat this blue one. Okay. So then the tank throws that unfortunate couple out of the way and then um, it busts through the wall of the conference. Uh, frat bros run everywhere. There is an alternate version of this movie somewhere that has to exist where the tank just like takes out half of that conference. Yeah. Like <laughs> mass casualties. And yeah. that that's like the incel uprising or something like that. Like, and it got me wondering, like, like who's, who's finding vindication here? You know, I think the idea of a nerd in the eighties being marginalized by jocks and bullies who are like the um like the aesthetic of success you know in a collegiate lifestyle and also like a adult lifestyle you know if you copied and pasted that to 2022 what what message would you take from that because now it seems like these marginalized nerds who would have been the the nerds in the 80s are kind of the the cyber arm of the alt right, <laughs> yeah. and the jocks and bullies are the, just the face of the alt right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're I, all playing for the same team at this point. Yeah, the note that I wrote during this scene was um, they didn't steal the car, but I'm pretty sure that driving a tank through a conference room wall, yeah, and then room full of people breaks a couple of bylaws. Yeah, it's a it's an outsized. Uh, come back mm-hmm. to, to a lot of people who had nothing to do with it yeah it wasn't everybody in that yeah. room you were, your target is the alpha betas also they are all dressed in fatigues yeah. they they did have to hurry to get to the vote fashionable but fatigue. they did take time courtney thorne smith is wearing a braided sweatpant <laughs> that she made from fabric scraps and a bikini and has cut it into a bikini yeah yeah, yeah. she's not just they didn't just put on stuff yeah. they found they tailored no poindexter has uh, moosed his hair into spikes. Yes, it's very Mad Max. Yeah, very funny. Which I kind of like, yeah. I enjoyed that. I like Poindexter. He's funny. Like um, he seems pretty harmless. Yeah. Unless yeah. he was on the beach with Booger. Right. Jeez. Like that That scene is a miss for him. He also falls in love with uh, cardboard. Um, oh, yeah, because he can't see that yeah, it's not he a can't real see lady. Well. So he strikes up a conversation and then tries to order her a drink and goes into a poolside bar with a full suit on to order her a drink. Yeah. It's very endearing. It you know? is. It's sweet. I didn't, like, that guy is not a chase a screaming woman guy. Or maybe it is. I don't know. 
I don't feel like they put much thought into yeah, these again, characters. Yeah, we're thinking about it more than they are. Yeah. So they and Lewis has like a hard hat and he's got like tank top fatigues. Mm-hmm. So they all kind of look cool doing this. Um, they get out to the pool. It's like a submersible, but it's also a tank. Mm-hmm. Like it, it floats. It's a tank boat. Mm-hmm. So then it, it, they get through and they go out to the pool and then they're surrounded by all the fraternities in the pool. And then Lewis comes out and he's like starting to make a speech. And uh, Roger is like, no, you can't give a speech. <laughs> You're a nerd. Uh, Ogre comes out and he's like, hey, Roger. And they're like, Ogre, get over here, you know. And then Roger takes that point, like we were talking about earlier, to dress each one of them down. He talk. He calls like Booger a pervert. He calls Lamar. I mean, a pansy. correct, right? Correct yeah, I mean, booger. like nobody is confused about Booger. Yeah, is that even a burn from Booger's right. perspective? He's like, yes, right. Um, yeah, the he does point call Dexter, Lamar a pansy. And yeah, that. But then an I feel like pansy. Yes, but that's yeah. not the movie. It's in him an unlikable character saying an unlikable. Right. right. I don't know. I found that one thing to be like refreshing in an 80s movie but it was a a weird outlier compared to all the other attitudes about anyone that isn't right yeah i can't figure it out because the movie made the decision to be wrong about so many things and it had to be a conscious decision Mm -hmm. not to do that here which again i love but yeah good choice what but why did you make so many motivated that to be the only place where you exercise that caution because you could have done a really sweet movie mm-hmm. if you had applied that care across the board and showed that these nerds like had good hearts. They all had good hearts. It sounds like this franchise needs a reboot written yeah, by us. Yeah. No. I'm staying away from that. See, keep the song though. Yeah. And magic carpet. Magic carpet. So what Poindexter gets off easy. He calls them a four eyes. <laughs> Which is like, they all have glasses. Yeah. Poindexter's like, woo. Uh, I forget what Wormser's one is. And this Wormser kind of falls through the cracks all the time. Yeah. Like, he's not a very defined nerd. He's 15. I think his whole thing oh, is that yeah. he's a prodigy. Yeah. That's right. You're right. You're right. And there are many scenes where it's just the four nerds and not Wormser. Wormser shows up halfway through the scene. And it's like, oh, they didn't know what to do with Wormser in this scene. Yeah. So they just focused on the rest of them. And then he really lays into Lewis and he's like, you know, this is it. Your fraternity's going to get kicked out and there's nothing you can say about it. And he's like, you're right. There's nothing I can say about it. And then he looks at his friends and sees all the hope draining out of their eyes. And then he's like, but there's something I got to do about it. And he reaches out and he decks him, which on the one hand is like, yeah. It's the original punch of Nazi. I right, love it. Right. <laughs> uh, the other part is like he kind of had to play their game. Yeah. To to be able to get any cred with any of the rest of these meatheads, which uh, is a pretty thin, like, victory, you know? Mm-hmm. He had to be less of himself to be more in, in these people's eyes. So I kind of got bothered by that. But at the end of the day, he does that, kisses Courtney Thorne-Smith, like, right away. Are oh, we- he knocks knocks Roger into the pool. Like, decks him so hard, he, like, falls into the pool. <laughs> and then we cut from that scene this big victory scene to back at Adams college. They're at the frat house. They're at the frat house. Gilbert's there and they're doing an initiation ceremony for ogre. 
And they're initiating ogre into the trilams. The punch is the payoff from the gross training. You're right. Okay. You're right. Go on. It just dawned on me as you were, as I was picturing. It kind of is though. Yeah, it's not necessary. It kind of is. No, it seems like that's part of every initiation though. Which I also have an issue with because Snotty's there. Oh yeah. Like helping with the punch. Helping with the punch. Also, why is Snotty there? He lives in Fort Lauderdale. Came up just for this. <laughs> Came to Adams. Did he join the fraternity too? Is sure. he a nerd now? We'd have to watch three to find out. And yeah. Spoiler, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll probably watch it on YouTube. So yeah, they initiate uh, Ogre. Yeah, I wasn't wild about this part because I feel like the whole point of this movie is that you don't have to conform to be right. cool. And then, but in order for Ogre to join them, he has to pocket protector, slick back hair they give him glasses right and the punch makes him do like that honking yeah it's what gives him the <gasps> like yeah. laugh yeah i felt like it was yeah. like not to compare this movie to when harry met sally but <laughs> it's, it's kind of close like to when, when harry met, met sally <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you brought it up because if i brought it up you would have laughed me out of the room but now that we're there but it is kind of like when you spend the whole movie thinking they're making this one point. Right. And then they just ruin it right at the end. I think that... Like, Although, the th- When Harry Met Sally is a great movie that you all should watch and it holds up very well. The thing about Revenge of the Nerds 2 is that it does not have a point. Yeah. And I think that's... That's the real point. Like, it should be... It should be a movie about loving yourself. And it thinks that it is. You know, but every chance it gets to demonstrate that it's okay to love yourself, it falls into a trope because it needs to move that plot along. Mm-hmm. Like Lewis loving himself isn't him decking Roger, who hasn't thrown a single punch. Like it's something else, and that's difficult to to figure out. So they just don't, and then they need a way to end the movie. So initiating ogre into the frat is a nice little like coda to put on it. But the thing that I have the problem with is that Ogre has not demonstrated any loyalty to the Trilams. He did not stick up for them at the end. He did. Even when Roger was like, Ogre, come over here and like started like using Ogre as the vehicle through which to like humiliate all of the nerds. Ogre didn't stick up for him then. Oh, I thought so. Why is Ogre joining the fraternity? Is it because he follows strength and now Lewis has demonstrated strength over Roger? So now his allegiance has automatically shifted? Again, I am thinking about this way more than the writers of the movie have. But that's this is the end of the movie. This is how it all wraps up. And so now it's just a bunch of shit that happens. Yep. You know? Speaking of a bunch of shit that happens, we're going to try this last Nerds candy cane and see if it redeems... The package. This is totally tropical punch. Dave, I'm sorry, mixed with road rash raspberry. Oh. Road rash raspberry? That is what they chose to tropical name it. Tropical punch is a bullshit flavor, too. It's hard me. to read this font. It, hang on. Ah! It's like a bubbly font. It could be rush. No, it's got to be rash, which is a gross image to conjure up when you're putting something in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's bad. This is my favorite of the three. Um, it's not great. Yeah. But this is closer. It's yeah. still not tart, but if I were going to choose a hard candy, it would be this one of the three. Yeah. So 
I'm so glad we ended a uh, talk about this disappointing movie by eating the most disappointing yeah. nerds candy I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I um I want more movies about groups of outcasts that celebrate each other when they're together and reinforce each other when they're together. Like I feel like that doesn't happen. You want like the Breakfast Club. Not really cuz the Breakfast Club doesn't support each other when they're together. Like they have some moments of it, but most of that movie is them othering each other. That's true. Like they get there, but they don't spend the movie doing that. And I think that's what I liked about this was throughout the movie they're enjoying each other for who they are. Yeah. And I know that that's not a whole movie. But I think that's a unique quality of this cast that I would like to see in a better movie (laughs) because everything else just doesn't work. And if it ever did work, it doesn't work now and probably shouldn't have worked when it did work, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was done. I think it, it, it seems like it was made by somebody who just wanted to... Keep the train rolling. Yeah, they keep were the gags coming. In. People laugh at it, but but there is somebody like somebody made these choices with Lamar. Somebody made wrote these scenes where the nerds are with each other, and I think the acting is part of that. But like somebody in there was was trying to keep it pure, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess they just weren't trying hard enough, or you know, whatever. Okay, so we've got. Let's rank let's rank the nerds. Okay. No, the nerds. Lewis is the top nerd. Yeah. Let's rank sure. core nerds. We're not talking Sonny, we're not talking Stuart. We got yeah. Lewis. Oh, they'd be in my top three. I understand. Okay. We only have a... just get where I'm indulge me and you'll see where I'm going. Okay. We got Lewis as the top, right? Lewis. We've got Lamar. Lamar. We've got I would argue uh Lamar before Lewis. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've seen enough activity from Lamar to show. And he doubted himself too early on. He wanted to leave after the prank. And Lewis didn't want to leave. Lewis had integrity at that moment. Okay. So we got Lewis. We got Lamar. Poindexter or Wormser? Which one's next? I'd say Poindexter because just like what you were saying about Lamar, point, uh, Wormser's Wormser. barely in it. Yeah. Okay. Poindexter, Wormser. And then at the way bottom, booger. Yeah. Okay. So we've got big chewy nerds. We've got guava nerds. We've got mango chili nerds. We've got watermelon cherry. Watermelon cherry nerds. And we've got the candy canes. Yeah, we can just do the candy canes as a group because they were all bad. Right. So the candy canes So we got five and five. Yeah, if we do it this way, we right. do. See? See why I wanted to stick with cornerds? You're great. I love it. So for me, Mango Chili is my Lewis. For sure. Guava yeah. is the Lamar, for sure. Guava is your Lamar? Oh, absolutely. Guava Watermelon is... Cherry is my Lamar. Really? Above yeah. Guava? Yep. Oh, okay. I think my Poindexter Guava's would be... Guava is my Poindexter. Watermelon Cherry is mine. Yeah. Uh, Big Chewy would be... Wormser. My Wormser. The Candy Canes are... Candy Cane. All booger. Is booger. And that's appropriate. Yeah, because like, those candy, candy canes, canes should not have existed. They ruined the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They ruined the podcast. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for watching it with me. It's still an important part of uh, my childhood. I know. <laughs> and that sweetness, I think, is what I think of most fondly. The sweetness and the song. 
<laughs> or what I think of most fondly about it. I feel like the song is like the crux of the sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's so much about it. Like, I do not recommend anybody watch this movie. Do not watch it. We had to pay money to rent it. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. I, wa- I was ready to bail out and just watch Dickinson. The other songs are pretty good, too. Paradise. Paradise. Take me back to paradise. <laughs> and then... uh. At the beginning, there's like a new wave version of Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. Oh, yeah. Uh, all of this, Mark Mothersbaugh, Devo, performing it. like Yeah, that's pretty great. It's neat. Yeah. But you could probably catch that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You could. But thanks for watching it with me. You're welcome. Well, thank you all for listening. If you're still listening and enjoying the show... We would really appreciate it if you took a second to rate, review, and subscribe to us because it really helps us out. <laughs> and we will re- read your review on the pod. Um, it really took it out of you, didn't it? It did. I'm exhausted. <laughs> that movie, and to have to relive it the very next day. Uh, <laughs> you can also follow us at Talkin' Tofu on Twitter or Talkin' Tofu Pod on Instagram. And I am Glue and Glitter on all social media. I'm Line Leader on Twitter and Instagram, and Line Leader was taken on TikTok. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a food we should try, thoughts about an episode, a correction, uh, write to us at TalkinTofuPod at gmail.com, or you can direct message us on Twitter or Instagram. I read and respond to all of them. Talkin' Tofu is a production of Caddington, Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. Goodbye. Magic carpet. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.